one more time. Welcome to the True North Church podcast, where we gather to explore faith, find inspiration, and strengthen our spiritual connection. At True North, we exist to help people navigate through the oceans of life in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Each week, we'll dive into meaningful discussions, share uplifting stories, and delve into the teachings that guide our lives. Whether you're a longtime member or a first-time listener, we're grateful to have you join us on this journey. So, let's embark on this episode of Faith, Community, and Discovery together. Look at somebody near you say, it's planting season. And I fully believe that. Yesterday was a good sign. We got to plant our face into the community. We got to, we got to, we got to plant and present to everybody, hey, this is, you know, hey, we're here. You know, uh, you know, there's several hip hop songs. We out here, you know. We, you know, basically we were saying, hey, we're here. But also not only were we just saying we're here, we weren't, we weren't being super religious, super churchy or anything. I mean, we had we had candy. We had glow sticks. We had, uh, and there was a few like uh, the life books. I don't know if you've seen those on the table, but all those are just uh, modern day New Testament. And uh, I, you know, there's a couple of people that actually took them. And then uh, I don't know where mom found, but it was pretty cool. It was uh, different books. It was like Bible promises: one for women, one for men, um, another for hard seasons or tough seasons. I can't remember the vernacular on the book, but I was like. Man, this is awesome. And so it just had different. And it was funny, uh, one lady should come up. And uh, you can tell she, she, already, she already came to the table kind of hard and already with that, her defense is up. And unfortunately, we live in a society, a lot of times, you know, when it comes to church, people already come to church with their defenses up. So how, what's the quickest and easiest way to get somebody's defenses down? You smile. So she comes to the table. And here I go, hey. Hey, now he's, that's one of the quickest, if you don't get anything today, one of the quickest ways to get somebody's defenses or to catch them off guard, just smile. Just smile. Kurt Franklin said best, you look better when you what? Smile. You know, we used to say it as a kid. I remember my kindergarten teacher used to say, and I used to hate it when she said, you know, Lindsay, turn that frown upside down, you know. I don't want to smile, you know. It's nap time. Who smiles at nap time, Miss Todd, you know, like... <laughs> But, you know, bless her heart. She, yeah, whatever. But still, you know, and so, you know, she come in, you know, uh, with her guards up. And I smiled and said, hey. And she's looking at the books. And she said, I don't see one for women. I don't see a Bible Promises book for women. And uh, about that time, uh, she hadn't made it to the other side of the table. She was just on one side of the table. So I said, well, here you go right here. And she said, oh, well, there it is. I said, yeah, would you like it? Well, yeah, I, I can actually use this. Well, that's why it's here, and that's why we're here. I said, hey, I know the candy's just for the kids, but would you like a, would you like a nice, sweet piece of candy? Well, you know what? Let me get that Kit Kat. She took the Kit Kat. I said, hey, you want some water to wash it down? And by the end of that interaction, she was a little bit easier and a little bit better, and she walked away in a better, in a better posture, at least in her heart, in a better emotional state. And that's what, that's what Jesus loves to do. He loves to change everything. He loves to literally collide into our lives and flip everything upside down. And with that, you know, people will be like, well, how come you didn't pray for her right then? How come you didn't lay hands on her? Because that wasn't the time. Jesus said in his word, there are some that plant seeds. There are some that come and do this part of the process. Some come and do that part of the process. Some till the ground. Some do. Everybody has their role. But just importantly, the seed being planted, that is a important role. Amen. And I pray that you see yesterday as planting the seeds in the community, but also there was something that was planted in you, too. I don't know if you noticed, but the fact that you sacrificed your Saturday, sat out there, you know, in the sun, you know, holding down the tent, because at one point we was fighting the wind, and the wind was about to take us and the tent. <laughs> I was like, good Lord, Jesus, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But the fact that you sacrificed that time, that energy, some of y'all sacrificed money by donating candy and gifts and all these different things. Thank you for that. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Amen. It's planting season. You know, uh, you know, like a, yesterday by us being there, we declared to the community that we are a garden. Amen. We're a garden. Somebody say, I'm a garden. I'm a garden. 
<clears throat> yesterday we declared to the community that we're a garden and we're, we're not just any garden but I love this but but this garden this house true north church our vine dresser aka the gardener is God the father amen we're a garden but we're not just any garden we're the garden where our farmer our gardener our vine dresser is God the father amen, amen. Well, I want you if you have a Bible we're going to be John chapter 15 verses 1 through 5 in the Passion Translation, if you don't have it, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. But watch what Jesus says in John chapter 15, which is one of my favorite chapters. Verse 1, he says this, I am a true sprouting vine. This is Jesus' words to the disciples and us. And the farmer, uh-oh, y'all thought I made it up. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. Y'all see that? Jesus said that I am the true vine. So Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. If you've looked at it in other translations, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Somebody say, I'm the, I'm the branch. Therefore, everything that I produce is a reflection from him. Amen? Amen. It's a reflection from him, and we'll read it in a minute. But everything that you are producing in your life, it should be because he is producing it through you. Amen? Amen. And I told the story last week of how me and my cousin, one time we took apples off of Grandma Rose's tree or whatever. And, and, you know, last week we was talking about maturity. And one of the synonyms for maturity is, is, is ripe, ripeness, in its most ripe state. And, we, you know, and, and, you know, we were just so hungry, we pulled them apples off. And once she called us, she was like, I was still waiting a few weeks because they weren't fully ripe yet. You know, every fruit has its perfect state. Every fruit has its, you know, the state where, it's, where it can be ripe. And it tastes the best. It looks the best. It feels the best. It smells the best. You know, there, there's, and that's, that's, that's called maturity. And we are called to walk in that. And we can only walk in maturity if we are connected to the vine. But I love it because, you know, in, a, in order for us to be a garden, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever planted a garden. I'm not, uh, I'm not a fruit and vegetable planter. I'm a consumer. There's, there's planters and there's consumers. I'm the person that, that appreciates the farmer so much that I will go to the store and buy the product that they worked so hard to get to me. I remember when I worked at the post office out in Beach Bluff, I worked with a, uh, a soybean farmer soybean farmer and a dairy farmer and he always joked about how he was going to get me out there on the farm and all do all these different things and I remember one time I said hey buddy is there another Lindsay Melton in this office he said what are you talking about and I said I evidently we ain't worked long enough for you to realize that's not me I have no interest in getting out there and you know milking the cows I said I don't wake up in the morning and think about you know man I wonder if the soybeans are ready to pick I don't think that everybody's laughing at that point I said there's nothing in me that wants to go plant potatoes and tomatoes and onions I said but there is everything in me that wants to go to Walmart and if I got to make taco salad I'm gonna stop by the produce and pick up some peppers that's already been brought to me pick up some onions pick up the tomatoes I'll do all that I said I'm the consumer I said I I said I appreciate you so much that I'm gonna buy everything that you were so and they were cracking up but you know ultimately plants and vegetables and fruits and ultimately everything is connected to a source not just food wise not just you know vegetables and plants but or, or vegetables plants and fruits but everything ultimately is connected to a source you know, lights, they're connected to electricity, connected to electrical grid. Our car is connected to an engine or a battery or gasoline. What are you connected to? Amen? If you place your trust and confidence in Jesus, then Jesus says that I am the true sprouting vine and we are the branches. Now, verse 2, watch this. Uh, Shadra, if you don't mind, fade that out for me just a little bit. Verse 2, he says, he cares for the branches connected to me by lit. Now, Jesus is talking about God. God cares for the branches connected to me, Jesus, by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. Now watch verse 3. The words I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. Did you know you could be cleansed when you read the word? Mm. It's his, especially when you read in the red letters. There is a cleansing that happens. Verse 4. So you must remain, remain. Somebody say remain. We said last week, we ended it with, in last week, talking about how we had to determine to remain faithful to him. So in verse 4, Jesus says, so you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. 
And then verse 5, I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. There it is. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness, there it is, will stream from within you. So as we live in union with Jesus, we will bear fruit from within. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. One translation says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus says that apart from him. So when we go out on our own, when we venture out on our own, nothing's going to happen. So therefore, here's a big indicator. This isn't in the notes. But if you're trying to do something and ain't nothing happening, nothing is happening, nothing is going, you just can't get it, you might want to check where you're plugged into. You might want to check where you plugged into. Our boys, they have, uh, they have Nintendo Switches. And the oldest, he has the kind to where you can plug it into the TV. Well, with that comes different components. You have one cord that runs from the Switch all the way to the TV. And then you have one cord that runs from uh, the Switch into the power outlet. And, you know, if, if, and once you place the Switch into the adapter, as long as those cords are plugged in, then it'll show up on the TV and everybody's happy. But, you know, there's, uh, there's times where, uh, you know, there's times where, like, if I'm setting it up for them and nothing's coming up on the TV, then I have to check the source. I have to make sure that both cords are plugged in. I have to make sure it's plugged into the TV. Otherwise, there's no image. But then I got to make sure it's plugged into the power source. And if it's not plugged into the power source, as much hope that my kids have, as much hope that I have, as much energy as I want to use, if it's not plugged into the source, it will not come on. If you're trying to do stuff and nothing's happening, if you're trying to get yourself into, if you're trying to make projects happen, if you're trying to do all these different things and nothing is spinning, it feels like that, that spinning uh, circle that you get on the computer when it's buffering. If it feels like your life is like that, then you might need to check the source. You might want to check and make sure, where am I plugged into? Because Jesus said, if we live separated from him, you are powerless. He said, he didn't say if you do church separate from me, you're powerless. He said, if you live, I don't know about you. My, my life consists of folding the laundry, cooking meals, making lunches or, or putting gas in the vehicle. My life consists of working a job. My life consists of me walking, me getting up, me walking up and down stairs or, or me driving down the road. What does your life consist of? Jesus said, if you do your life, everything that you do in life, if you do it separate from Jesus, you're going to be powerless. You won't be able to do it. I mean, that's why Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 28, we, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our existence. Amen? Amen. But I love that because in verse 2, if you don't mind pulling verse 2 back up, how does our chief farmer do what he does? He says he cares for us. He cares for the branches connected to me. But I just want to highlight that part where it says, Jesus says he cares. Somebody say he cares. I love that because God cares. God cares for you. Do you know that? And see, it, it's that belief. It's that belief is what the devil will try to steal from your heart, your mind, and your soul. He will try to steal your firm persuasion in believing that God cares for me. Lindsay, he won't do that. Yes, he will. He did it to Adam and Eve. If God really made you, if God really loved you and made you in his image, then, you know, you'd be able to eat of that tree. God doesn't care for you. Otherwise, you'd be able to eat of that tree. Now, the devil may not present it in that form to you but a lot of times man if God really cared for you he man he he, he let you hit the he he would have gave you somebody in your life a long time ago you know he don't care for you so just go and sign up for a profile on the app and just make it make just pave pave your own path if God really cared for you he would have paid your bills so just go and get that loan it don't matter how much the interest rate is it don't matter how much it's going to hurt your credit just go and do that if God really cared then just you know go ahead and buy that car he'll make a way if God really cared, but Jesus says that our farmer, because we're his garden, our farmer, Papa God, Father God, Abba God in the Hebrew, he cares for the branches connected to Jesus. He cares. In fact, First Peter, we talked about it before how we, how we are to pray. When we pray, we stand on foundation. We stand upon scripture. So let me give you a scripture. When the devil is trying to tempt you and trick you into believing that God doesn't care for you. First Peter 5, verse 6 and 7. You don't have to turn there, but First Peter 5, 6 and 7, you can write it down. Something you can stand and pray upon. But the Bible says that cast all your cares on God for he cares for you. 
Cast your cares upon God. Why? Because he cares upon he cares for you. First Peter five, six and seven. So when the devil tries to remind you that, oh, God doesn't care for you. Guess what? First Peter five, six and seven. I can cast my care upon God because he cares for me. In fact, Jesus said it from his straight from his mouth. John 15 two, he cares for the branches connected to him. Amen. Amen. So 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 how does God care for his own? Verse 2, it says, he cares for us. Oh, thank you. You put it up there. Let, just keep it. I want to read it. In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of elders. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself the apron. Ooh, ooh. Wrap around yourself the apron of a humble servant. Mm. So when it comes to following Jesus and living like Jesus, not only are we to put our aprons on, but we are to, it must be an apron of a humble servant. Amen. God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the time in his hands. Amen. Amen. In John chapter 15, verse 2, Jesus told us that, that, the, that the father, the farmer, our gardener, our vine dresser, he cares for us by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. Now listen to this, lifting up to, the, the reason a farmer will lift up the branches, he, he or she will lift up the branches to manage, take for example, we'll, we'll just take an example as a, a grape or, or, or a vine, a vineyard. But he'll do this, he or she will do this to manage a grape's vine canopy, which will influence not only the potential yield of the crop, but also the quality of the grapes. It exposes it to more air and to more sunlight, which is needed for the grapes to ripen. There's that word again. And full, to ripen fully and for the preventing various grape diseases. So the farmer, if we're talking about grapes and in a vineyard, the, when the grapes aren't producing right, the farmer will lift up and prop them up to a more elevated position to expose them to more air. Breathe, it's a miracle you can breathe. To expose them to more air, to expose them to more sun. Oh, I, I can preach this, but I need to, I got to stay right. I need to stay right. To expose them to more sun, but also to prevent them from more diseases that trek on the ground. See, a lot of times it, when, when we're being repositioned in life, God cares for us enough to reposition us, not based on our comfort, not based on our IQ, not based on our familiarity, but based on what's best for the soil in our hearts, what's based for the soil, for the seed to become what we were made to be. God will reposition you, not based on what's familiar, but what's, what's best for the soil of your heart, the soil of your mind, what's, what's best for the soil, what's best for you to become who he has made you to be. I love that. So therefore, he'll position you into a place where you are exposed more. And see, we don't like being exposed. We like being comfortable. I mean, nobody, wear, nobody wears their work shoes in, in the house. When you get home, you kick off. Why? Because you want to be comfortable. We have our comfy chair. I still have my, I still have my comfy recliner. It's in storage. But you know what? We have all these different things in our storage, you know, in our storage uh, locker or whatever. And, but it's funny. Everything is kind of in a tote. There's some things that are exposed. But that comfy chair, oh, that comfy chair, it's wrapped. It's wrapped nice and snug. That way, whenever we get to bring it out, and, and one time I, uh, I, I partially sat in it. One of the last times I was in there, I just, just to make sure it still had it. And, buddy, I, I remember texting Kelsey. I said, like, oh, it still got it. She said, what are you talking about? I said, my chair. I'm in the storage unit. My chair, ooh, it still fits. Still fits. At one point, I, I just kind of laid my head back. I was like, mm, yes, God. Ooh, oh, I can take a nap. I said, ooh, I, no, no, don't need to do it. Don't need to do it. We love being comfortable. But sometimes, and, God, and God, God recognizes that we love being comfortable, but there's sometimes where our comfortability and our familiarity can actually be a hindrance to us. And if it's planting season, if he's planting things in us, if he's using us to plant things in the community, then that means he has to elevate us or he has to reposition us to a place where it's not always going to be comfortable. Where not everybody's going to be cheering us. Not everybody's going to be liking our stuff on social media. Not everybody's going to stop by or not everybody's going to give us a call and say, hey, I just want to call and tell you how much you are a blessing to us. In these type of seasons, when he's repositioning us, it's not for our comfortability, but it's for our good. 
The farmer, he doesn't move the grapes because just, out of, just out of spite or out of he has nothing else to do. No, he does it for the betterment of the grapes. He does it so they will ripen to the fullness. And we said that word ripen is maturity. So God is trying to get you to become a more mature follower of him, a more mature believer, a more mature disciple. So therefore, he's going to put you in a place that exposes you to more air. And watch this, expose you to more sun, S-O-N. So therefore, we, we've, we've sung it all the time, but when we behold him, when we behold him, we become like him. Come and behold him. We find him fascinating and we find him captivating. We sang it earlier, but it's just one touch. Everything changes. Look at the woman at the well. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. All it took was one touch. Just one, and, and I, I, when I get to heaven, there's so many movies I want to watch. Lindsay, what are you talking about so many movies? Well, I, between my relationship and God, I tell him all the time, when I get to heaven, Lord, I want you to, I, I, I imagine I'm going to be sitting in my mansion because Jesus said I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to be sitting in my mansion, and I'm going to have the big cloud screen, and God's the first movie I want to see, I want to see in the very beginning, and he's going to narrate it. Woo! See, on this side of heaven, in my, in my mind, the perfect, the perfect ideal scenario is to hear James Earl Jones narrate Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning was darkness. You know, because when you hear James Earl Jones' voice, it just, whoo, sends shivers up. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to get to hear the voice of God in the beginning. I was. But, I, but several movies I want to say. I want to see Genesis 1. I want to see all of it. But one of the things I want to see... I want to see how, how when Jesus is talking about this chapter and when he's talking about how that we are the vine and we are, and, or he is the vine and we are the branches and how he produces. I want to see, I want, as he's narrating that, I want to see his life force run through the earth. I want to see his life force run through us. But we don't have to wait to heaven to experience his life force running through us. We get to live it now where he is literally enabling us to move enabling us to breathe, enabling us to be who he has made us to be. And in order to do that, he has to reposition us. Amen. Amen. Somebody say he's going to reposition me. So in first or not first, John, excuse me. So if we stay in John chapter 15 and verse four, if you don't mind pulling it up for me, he says, Jesus says, so you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. And then verse 5, <clears throat> Jesus says, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches as you live in union with me as your source. So we are to live with him as our source. Make sure you are plugged into him. Make sure you stay plugged into him. Amen. When we're plugged into him, fruitless or fruit, fruitfulness will stream from within. So it comes from within. So there is a seamless union that happens when, as we are planted, or a seamless union has been planted within you. A seamless union. There is fruit that is within you. Amen? Amen. There is fruit that is within you. One of the things that, that is planted within you is, is you are in union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. You have been brought back into union with the Father, Son, and the Spirit. We've talked about it before, and we'll, we won't go over it today, but uh, the, the early church, they described the Trinity, the, the, the relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit. They described it as perichoresis, which perichoresis is where we get the word periscope. It's where we get peri perimeter. It's, it's, a, it's a circle. And they described the relationship between the Father, Son, and Spirit as a circle, almost like a circle dance, to where literally they were intertwined but not losing their own identity. So you couldn't see, the, you couldn't see Jesus without seeing the Father, and you couldn't see the Father without seeing the Spirit move. So when you would, look, when you would see one, you would see the other, and when you see the other, you see the other. You, you could not go without seeing all three. And I love this because we have been, we have been placed back into that union. We, we are now in union with the Father, Son, and Spirit. Some other things that have been planted within you. If you've, placed your, if you've placed your trust and confidence in Jesus, here's some fruit that's been planted within you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 25. In Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 25, we're going to go over this line by line. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit, what's that word? Within. So there's fruit within you. Lindsay, I can't see this tangible fruit. No, you may not be able to see the tangible evidence of God 
You may not be able to hold the evidence of God, but within you, the evidence is there. Sometimes we gotta be we gotta be okay with knowing that okay, I may not be able to see God working, but I, I know He's in here working. I said it last week, but you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Wizard of Oz, but there's only one scene I like at the Wizard of Oz, and there's multiple reasons, but it's the scene towards the end where they pull back the curtain and they see it was the Wizard of Oz. You was it was you pulling the strings, pulling the mechanisms. One of the reasons I like it because that means the movie's almost over. I'm like, hallelujah, all right, we almost done. But another reason I like it is because even as a kid, I, 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 I equaled that to God, being behind the scenes, moving and, and pulling all the different things and making things happen for our good. Amen. Amen. But it says that uh, the Holy Spirit produces fruit within you. It's divine love. So love is one of the fruits in all its varied expressions. So watch this. Joy that overflows. See, there's a harvest within you. The first, the first fruit that we see that Paul describes, he says, joy. And not only is it joy, but it's overflowing. See, to overflow means to fill to capacity and then run over. The dictionary defines it as to fill to, fill to capacity and then spread beyond its limits. Ooh. So joy is meant to be filled to capacity within you and then spread beyond its limits. So therefore, if you're operating in the joy of the Lord, then therefore you should know no limits. The joy of the Lord knows no limits. In a time where you should be mourning and sad, the joy of the Lord will be your strength and allow you to hold your head up even in a time of grief. The joy of the Lord will allow you to hold your, your, hold your head up and be confident and, and keep a smile on your face even when people are cussing you out. Or even when they don't give you the promotion, the joy of the Lord will allow you to still remain intact. Amen. I, remember, I remember years ago, I've said this before, back when I worked at the hospital. I remember when I worked at the hospital and I worked as an imaging index specialist, which I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I took a picture of my name tag. I sent it to some of my high school buddies. I was like, I said, started from the bottom now here. Look at me, boys. You know, imaging index. I said, specialist. I, and a few of them were like, oh, you're a specialist. I said, yeah. I used to flip pizzas. Now I'm a specialist, you know. They're like, what is that special? What, what, what do you do? And I was like, well, you know, don't, don't, let, don't worry about what I do. Just focus on the title. And I, and I love that particular hospital. They gave some of the greatest titles for some of the most mundane positions. But imaging in that specialist, it sounded like, you know, I had my own cubicle and my own office and all this, you know, looking over everything. No, I, I, you know, I was in a big room with a bunch of other people. I was in a little cubicle. But all I would do was whenever uh, somebody would be admitted and then discharged from the hospital, they have a paper chart. And in order for that paper chart to become electronic, it got sent to the specialist who took those papers copied them, <laughs> copied them and scanned them into the computer and make sure everything looked right and then hit send and then go get the next chart. That's, that's all I did, just copy and make everything electronic. Just copy, 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 scan, scan, scan. And you know, I, uh, I remember um, there is uh, there is quality Quality control department. The quality control. They would, you know, they would take. You already know what I'm talking about. They would, they would look at everything that I scanned to make sure I scanned it right, to make sure I, 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 I logged it in under the right patient name. And because I mean, you get, you know, say three to five hundred patients, you know, in the week. Sometimes it gets, you know, you know, it gets hard. There's some people that actually have the same name but different birthday. Some people have the same birthday but different names. So it's 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 a lot of tedious work. But the quality department, they would they would go behind me and make sure that, okay, you know, if he got, you know, John Doe, birthday 213-89, okay, make sure all the paperwork for John Doe 213-89 goes to this folder. And but I I I just love their I, I love the idea of working for quality control. And I remember one time quality control had had an opening. And I remember that 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 night I, you know, I prayed fast a little bit, and that next morning I showed up in a suit and tie. Now the, now, the dress code was just, you know, uh, either dress pants or khakis and a polo, you know, collar shirt, something like that. But here I come. I walked in, and I, uh, instead of having my lunchbox, listen, I put my lunchbox in a briefcase. That way to make, to make I mean, I got to dress to impress. I got to look like I used to, I was telling myself, all right, I'm, I'm a dress for the role that I want. So I walk in, and they're like, Lindsay, ooh, you looking nice. Hey, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I can't call it. Don't spoil it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it was. And uh, I remember doing the interview and all this other stuff. And, uh, you know, a few days later, 
I remember getting an email saying, you know, they regret, regret to inform me that I didn't get the position. And I remember part of me was heartbroken, but I remember the Lord saying, no, remain in me, or something, something to that effect. And I'm like, how much? Okay, okay, sure. And the next day, I remember I walked past quality control because I had to walk past their, their division to get to my little cubicle. And the lights were out. And at part, one part of it was like, see, Lord, that's why I want the job. They could take vacation whenever they want. Get to, like, they, they probably at the house chilling. I was like, Lord, you know basketball going to start today. I, I could be at the house, thinking all these different things in my flesh. And I remember sitting down or whatever, you know, working, da-da-da. And uh, about lunchtime, I go, I pass by their office. I'm like, man, they really did take the day off. And, you know, fast forward a couple of days later, lights are still out. And I asked one of my supervisors, I was like, hey, where, where's quality control? Did they move? And she's like, no, they shut down the department. And I was like, what? They shut down the department. And the Holy Spirit said, remain in me. See, the joy of the Lord will allow you, even when you don't get something, the joy of the Lord will allow you to overflow to fill to capacity and beyond limits, to keep your head up even when you are rejected. Why? Because the Lord goes ahead of us and he knows. He knows the right type of thing that's going to make the seed be its best person or its best form or its best version. Amen. God goes ahead of you. There are things that he has prevented you from. Do not get sad when he has to reposition you. Do not get sad when he has to tell you no. Amen. Because a lot of times the no's are him preventing you from falling. Because what would have happened if I would have got the job and then lost my job? I would have been unemployed. I would have been trying to, been trying to be a husband to, to Kelsey without any money coming in. Wouldn't been able to pay the bills or the car. All, I mean, we could go down the list and down the list. But the joy that overflows, the next fruit that he gives us is peace that subdues. See, that word subdue, it means to conquer or to bring into subjection. To conquer, to conquer, I mean, conquer is, a, it's an action word. Peace is a non-action word. You know, when you think of peace, you're not thinking, ah, yeah, the peace of the Lord. When you think of peace, you're like, oh, the peace of God. Oh, thank you for the peace. But it's so funny because Paul says that we are given peace that subdues, peace that conquers. Think of it this way. Peace isn't just something that is meek and mild and like, and like, you know, Gandhi or anything like that. No, peace that conquers. Peace that conquers your fears. Peace that conquers your insecurities. Peace that conquers your anxiety. Peace that conquers your blood pressure. That means that it completely takes over whatever it is that you are wrestling with. So we have been given the peace of God that literally can take over and conquer whatever it is that we are given our our, our our life to or surrendering our heart to that we shouldn't be peace conquers that amen? amen think of it as peace as the as the one on the offense peace isn't on the defense peace is on the offense and when you're on the offense you got the ball you're in control peace the peace of God is in control amen, amen. I'd rather be in the peace of God than in the fear of my emotions I'd rather be in the peace of God than, than the anxiety that comes with people leaving my life. I'd rather be in the peace of God than all the grief that I may endure. The peace of God, it conquers it and it brings it into subjection. Amen. Amen. That means that peace goes and then it brings it into the area that it needs to be. It brings it on the level that it needs to be. Amen. Amen. Paul then says, patience that endures. That word endures means never quits. That means, pay, that means when you want to give up, you don't. Why? Because he's planted fruit in you. He's planted patience in you that allows you to keep going even when you don't want to. Even when you can't see it, you know he's working. Even when you can't feel it, you know he's working. Lindsay, you don't understand these kids I have. It's hard to raise them. That's why he's giving you, he's planted in you patience to where you can parent the kids. Even when you are on your last stretch of empathy and joy, he's giving you patience to where when you don't want to go to work, you're able to still get in the vehicle and drive and clock in and do the job that you've been created to do even when you don't want to go to the family reunion or even when you don't want to pay the bills or even when you don't want to do this or don't want to do that or, or don't want to think about the future. He gives you patience that enables you not to quit. Amen. I love this next one. Kindness in action. Kindness in action. Therefore, we can't talk about being kind. We got to be kind. Amen. You just, I mean, that's self-explanatory. Don't talk about it. Be about it. 
You can't just say, Lord, thank you for kindness. No, you need to be kind. You need to be kind. If anybody's ever rode in the vehicle with me, sometimes I may have a slightly heavy foot. You know, I don't believe in, you know, just taking our time to the, get to the destination. No, we're going to, like, like, let's, let's get there. In fact, what was the time we took? How long did it take last time? Let's see if we can beat that, you know. Like, we can't race everybody, but we can race ourselves, you know. And, uh, you know, just a nice little flitz. I, I made it home from Virginia to back to Lexington. Uh, I, I beat an hour off my time. I was like, oh, let's go, Jesus. Let's go. You know, they're all like, Air Lindsay. I was like, no. But inwardly, I was like, yeah, come on. Throw it up. Throw the flitz. Throw the flitz. But, but you, know, you know, as I'm driving, I remember... You know, I get to Knoxville, and, uh, you know, well, before we even got to Knoxville, right, so we, we were an hour past uh, Kelsey's mom's house, and the, one of the boys said, I go go to the bathroom. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. Things were going too good. I was like, the cruise control fell, so I knew something. So, thankfully, we was, we was near Bristol, so we pull in Bristol, pull at Starbucks, because I'm like, listen, if I'm going to have to sacrifice my cruise control, I'm going to get some coffee out of it. So I get some coffee, clean bathrooms, take all of them in, we come out. And we, we, we're driving down the road an hour later. Daddy, the other one, Daddy, I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, I knew it. Cruise control was 83, was going so good. I knew it. I knew it. Don't look at me like that. No. <laughs> I knew it. Fortunately, the Lord had a ram in the bush called Bucky's. We was near Bucky's and Cerebral, so we stopped there. Used the bathroom, whatever. But I remember as we get to Knoxville, traffic is just bumper to bumper, and I could just feel it. I could just feel it rising. It's like, oh, people cut me off. I was like, oh. Lazy walking the peace of the Lord, walking the fruit of the Lord, bloco toso, shandede. I mean, I'm praying them in tongues, like blotoso, just calm down. And I got the boys in the background. Man, I can't stand this traffic. You can't stand this traffic. You ain't the one driving, kid. I'm the one driving. You get to play your switch. You get to take a nap if you want to. You get to eat snacks. You get to eat all the snacks you want to. I'm the one that's got to stay alert and focused. Don't tell me what you don't like, okay? It's my job to, you know. So I remember we got to Nashville, and this one lady cut me off. Real, I mean, just, and I could just feel it. I, I was gripping the steering wheel. I just feel it. I could feel everything. I was like, kindness. We're gonna, I was like, I'm be, Jesus is driving this van, so I'm going to reflect Jesus. I remember saying that to myself. Jesus is driving this van, I'm going to reflect Jesus. And a little bit later, Jesus is driving this van, I'm going to reflect Jesus. Okay, Jesus is driving this van, I'm going to reflect Jesus. A few miles later, Jesus is driving this van, I'm going to reflect Jesus. And then a few miles later, I didn't even have to say it because it wasn't even an issue anymore. Kindness in action. Whatever it takes to encourage yourself to be kind, please do it. If somebody cuts you out, Jesus is in this body, I'm going to be like Jesus. Jesus is in this body, I'm going to be like Jesus. And the person at the other side of the counter gets smart with you because we've all been in that situation. You go to a restaurant or you go to pay the bill or you go somewhere and everybody's got an attitude. Jesus is pushing this buggy, I'm going to be like Jesus. Jesus is parenting these kids, I'm going to be like Jesus. Jesus is working this job, I'm going to be like Jesus. Kindness in action, amen? amen. Kindness in action to the point that it becomes second nature, to the point that when people mistreat you, it's, oh, no. It's, instantly, you're, just, you're showing kindness. Instantly, you're blessing others. Instantly, you're providing and taking care of and checking on the well-being of others, amen? amen? Paul says, a life full of virtue, a.k.a. goodness. And I love this faith that prevails, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit, faith that prevails. That means that faith that is effective. We said it last week and it had to have been the Lord, but we ended it where Jesus says to make the decision to determine in your heart to be faithful to the end. Therefore, your faith, it's a decision. I don't know if you knew this, but your faith in Jesus, it is a decision. We've said it before, but if you look up faith, if you break it down in the, in the Greek, it is, it is a firm persuasion. So therefore, it's, it's almost like a handshake. Like when you go to shake somebody's hand, you get that firm shake, a firm grip. Your faith in God, your faith in the Bible, your faith in Jesus being who he said he is, is, is it should be a firm persuasion. And what the devil loves to do, that firm persuasion that you have on Jesus, the devil loves to get into the cracks. He loves to kind of slip through the cracks and spread it a little bit, get a little gap there. And he wants you to live in the gap. But if you play, but, but we've been, we, we have the faith that's been planted, according to Paul. We have that faith to where we have the faith that can prevail. So we don't have to live in the gap. 
We get to live in the grip. Ah. You don't have to live in the gap. You get to live in the grip. Lindsay, what am I gripping? I'm gripping upon his word. I'm gripping upon his promises. I'm believing whatever he said he, uh, he said I could have. What, what they used to say when we was kids at Joel Osteen's church. This is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. Better yet, Jesus lives in me. If he lives in me, if he lives in me, then guess what? The same spirit that rose him from the grave is living and empowering me to go to my job. His spirit is empowering empowering me to drive my car. His spirit is empowering me to fold clothes. His spirit is empowering me to, fold, uh, to, to plan my future. His spirit is empowering me to get up out of bed and to look in the mirror, to get ready for work, to tackle the day. His spirit is empowering me. His joy is overflowing in me. His peace is subduing me. His patience is enduring within me. His kindness is in real live action. His, his faith is allowing me to prevail in life. With everything I do, because he is planting the tip the different type of seeds in me i can do whatever it is i need to do why because he he knows he knows the type of state that you need to be in he knows the right type of state you need to be in in order to do what you need to do therefore he's planting those type of seeds Amen? amen but the last part of that said gentleness of heart and strength of spirit strength of spirit verse 25 where it said, never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Verse 24, keep in mind, Paul says, keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life, our flesh, was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. Verse 25, we must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. That's all of that verse, right? Awesome. Let me close with this. Jesus says, or Paul says, we must live in the Holy Spirit. There's that word live again. Lindsay, how do you live? How, how do you live? Do you eat meals? Yes, we eat meals. Do we listen to music? Do we watch TV? Do we do, we do chores? Do we drive? Do we work? All the different things that we do in life. He says we must do that through the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and follow after him. Watch this. Don't fight your growth. That's, that's all I have. Last point. Don't fight your growth. Don't fight your growth. We don't, we don't see, you never, you never, if you've ever driven by a field, you never see the potatoes that are planted or the corn. You never see the corn out there fighting other corn stalks. You don't see the potatoes, you know, if you were to dig on the ground and put a little stethoscope, or not stethoscope, but a little camera on the ground, you don't see the potatoes, you don't see the spuds fighting the other spuds. You don't see the spuds fighting the farmer. You don't see the spuds fighting the soil. But for some reason, we are the only type of seeds that will fight our farmer. We're the only type of seeds that when God, when God repositions us, we're trying to bind and loose and all these other stuff. And, and we're like, no, Lord, no, 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 I was comfortable here. We're the only seeds, for some reason, we're the only seeds that fight our farmer. And I encourage you, don't fight your growth. There's growth that's happening. I can look at, I can look at some of y'all, and from a month ago, there's, 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 a, there's a reasonable, there's a reasonable portrayal, or not portrayal, but a reasonable display of growth. Just in you emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Why? Because it's planting season. You may not be able to see it, but that's okay. We walk by faith, not by what we see. We walk by faith and not by sight. So if we're walking by faith, then that means we have to be comfortable in knowing that, okay, Lord, Pastor Lindsay said it's planting season. I can't see it. I'm still in the same house. I'm still in the same job. I'm still at the same apartment. I'm still driving the same vehicle. But Lord, I know that what you're doing goes past all those superficial things. Yes, God wants you to have a great place to live. He wants you to drive a, a, a good car, a good dependable car. He wants you to have a great place of employment. He wants you to make a good amount of money that provides for you and whoever it is you're responsible for. That way you do not lack any good thing. But what God is really after. See, all that, that's, that's the, that's, we'll, we'll say that's just the first tier stuff. But what God's really after is your heart. He's after hearts. He's after the betterment of your heart. He's after not only is your body prospering, but your soul prospers as well.
He's after that. He's after, he's after you prospering. You're so, so, so what does it look like for your, your mental health to prosper? That's what he wants to get involved in. What does it look like for your soul and your emotional state to prosper? That's what he wants to get involved in. What is it, how, 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 how are you able to hold your head up through all things? That's what he's after. In fact, John chapter 15, verse 16, it says that, Jesus says that, you didn't choose me, but I chose you that you should bear fruit and that fruit remain in all seasons. See, when you go to Walmart to get produce come January, there's going to be some fruits and vegetables you ain't going to be able to get. Why? Because they can't prosper in the winter months. There, and believe it or not, but there are some vegetables that do prosper in the winter months. There are some fruits and vegetables that don't do well in 100-degree weather. So when you go to Walmart or go to Food Giant or whatever it is, you're going to see fruit and vegetables that look withered. And they're trying to sell you high-dollar stuff that's withered. And a part of you is like, man, I might need to grow this myself. But then Lindsay comes on your shoulders like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to start, don't start the garden. Just appreciate the farm. Now I'm joking. Some of y'all may start it. If you do it, let me know. But, you know, they're not, they're, they're not all fruit and vegetables are able to remain in all season. But Jesus said the work that he wants to do in us, it will enable us to remain in all seasons. Lindsay, are you talking about summer, winter, fall, and spring? No, I'm not just talking about the physical seasons, but I'm talking about the seasons of life. The seasons of death the seasons of new life, the seasons of loss, the seasons of prosper, the seasons of promotion, the, the seasons of being let go, the seasons of uh, everything is great and the seasons where everything feels like it's, fall, it's about to fall out and you're barely hanging on. He said the work that he wants to do in us, is, it, it enables us to remain. That word remain means to not, I mean, it, there's no variation, there's no shift. There's no change, there's no discolorment, there's no, there's no disfragment. We are remaining in all season, all seasons. And if he's planting within us, then guess what? He's planting something that allows us to be steady. Steady's not flashy. Steady isn't advertised. You know, when, when, they, when they advertise your favorite soda, they don't say, drink this, it keeps you steady. They don't, they don't advertise that. They don't, when they advertise medicines, when they, they, hey, take this, it's going to keep you steady. You know, they advertise, hey, hey, take this, it's going to help you lose weight. Take this, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to help you skin. Take this, it's going to make you look this. Do the, buy this, it's going to make you look that. There, there, nobody ever endorses steadiness, but God does. God says, hey, 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 I knock on the door. Hey, hey, let me in because what I have, it makes you steady. It keeps you consistent. It keeps that head up, not down, not looking to the left or to the right. It keeps that head steady and focused. Steady and focused. Steady and focused. Amen. It's planting season. Amen. I encourage you, do not fight your growth. As, as sometimes it may seem like, Lord, are, are you really working? And if you don't know, then check. If you don't know, then check where you're plugged into. Okay, Lord, you know what? I, I don't feel like I'm plugged into you. So right now, Lord, let me just let me, let me reconnect with you, God. Lord, I surrender right now. Lord, I surrender my mind. I surrender my heart. I surrender my emotions. Lord, I surrender the way I parent these kids. Lord, I surrender the type of uh, the type of employee I am at work. Lord, I surrender how I interact with people right now, Jesus. I surrender it. That's one of the reasons that earlier when we was doing worship, we said to just, if you're able to lift your hands towards heaven, because, you know, this is a, this is a universal sign. Hands lifted is a universal sign of surrender. You know, if you've ever seen in the movies when they hold up a bank, they say hands up, and it's hands up. They don't want you hands in the pocket. Why? Because there's all the potential for your imagination that exists in this. But when hands up, everybody sees that there's nothing that you're holding on to. When you are lifting those hands towards Jesus, all of heaven sees that there's nothing else that you are holding on to. You're saying, Lord, every, I've let go of everything that I got, and I'm surrendering to you right now. Lord, plant in me. This is your garden, Jesus. This is your garden. I encourage you, make that your prayer this week. Lord, I am your garden. Lord, you said in Galatians 5, through 25 that you are planting joy. 
You are planting peace. You are planting love. You are planting peace. You are planting faith that prevails, or you are planting endurance. You are planting, you are planting patience. You are planting long-suffering patience. You are planting the love that suffers well. And Lord, help me to be okay with it. Lord, help me to be okay with you tilling the ground of my heart, with you tilling the soil, Lord. Help me to be okay with knowing that I may not have somebody in my life now, but you are eventually you will bring them in the right season. Help me to be okay with it. Lord, right now, every individual in this room, Lord, I thank you, Father God. Give us, give us the patience and peace that we need to, that we need to have in order to trust what you are planting within us, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we surrender right now, Lord. Ah, thank you, Jesus. You are, you are, Lord, you are a breath of air, Father God, fresh air. Lord, we breathe you in this morning. Oh, Jesus, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, Father God, I thank you for what you're planting in us. Lord, every season that each and every individual is going through in this room, Lord. Father God, I thank you for you holding them with your spirit, Lord. With your spirit, Jesus. With your spirit, Lord. Father God, I thank you. Pull us in, Lord. Pull us in closer, Jesus. Lord, when things get rocky, Lord, pull us in and hide us in the cleft of the rock, Jesus. When things get shaky, Lord, I thank you for you, you tucking us under the shadow of your wings, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father God, we dwell within you, Jesus. Like the song says, Lord, we just want to dwell, dwell, dwell with you forever, Lord. Like David said, Father God, Lord, we just desire to be in your house forever, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father God, as we keep our minds stayed on you, Lord, you keep us in perfect peace, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Father God. Let the footsteps that we take this week, don't let it be the steps that we take separated from you, Lord, but it's the steps that we take in you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Make your voice clear to every individual in this room, Jesus. Make your voice clear. Clear, clear, clear. Drown out the shame that we carry. Drown out the guilt that we carry that nobody knows about. Drown out all the insecurity and anxiety and the fears that we overcompensate for. We stay busy so we don't have to think about all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, Lord. But Holy Spirit, right now I ask you, Lord, to, to pause the busyness and address whatever it is in our hearts, God. To where we don't have to we don't have to hide behind busyness anymore. We don't have to hide, uh, we don't have to hide behind our strengths, Lord. But we can be comfortable with the things that we're not as strong in. Why? Because we know that it's you that has us. Lord, I feel that right now, Jesus. I know who you're ministering to, and I thank you that you're doing it right now in their hearts, Lord in their hearts, Jesus. Lord, this week, Father God, is a transformative week. The enemy will try to come in like a flood, but Holy Spirit, I, I thank you already in advance. You raising a standard up and blocking every attack mentally, every attack physically, every attack spiritually, and every attack emotionally, Lord. Anything that tries to get us to surrender our firm persuasion, I bind it right now. Tomorrow, Lord, at work or in or interacting with people or even even at the apartment complex or even in the neighborhood or even at the grocery store. Anybody that tries to get us to surrender our heart to fear or bitterness or regret. Holy Spirit, let it not be so. Lord, we trust you, Jesus. Even when we can't see you or feel you. But I thank you for what you're planting. I thank you that it's not, it's not done. You're not done. You're not done with us and you're not done with this house. But you are just getting started. Just getting started. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. 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 Somebody give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're so good, Jesus. Oh, you're so good, Jesus. 
Oh, you're so good, Jesus. Can, can I give you a quick cheat code? Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Listen, hallelujah, it's the highest praise. Yeah, one of my favorite Christian comedians, but also one of my, uh, I remember seeing this one video of this one pastor. He begins to pray. He begins to say almost in at least 12 different languages. But then when he gets to the last language, he says, but ultimately the most universal language or the most universal word is hallelujah because it is the highest form of praise. As busy as we stay, if you don't have time to go into the presence of God, fully deep dive into the presence of God as you're driving down the road, just hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody make you mad? Hallelujah. Driving down the road, somebody cut you off? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the highest form of praise, but ultimately, you may not feel it at first, but when you keep saying it, let's you know you'll be like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the point you're like, hallelujah, Lord, thank you so much. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't have anything else to say but hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our affection. He's worthy of our love. Amen. You know, I know some of y'all may not understand, but when we're, when we're singing to him, you know, it's, 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 you know, if you've ever been in a relationship, when you're talking to somebody, how you say it matters. Amen. And like sometimes when we sing, we may sing the same, the same line over and over. Why? Because it's how we say it. Because the first time you sing it, you may be like, you know, most beautiful, you know, dearest father. Or when we're singing, thank, I thank God. I thank God. Hell lost another one. I am free. I am free. By the twelfth time, hell, or by the fifth time, hell lost another one. I am free, I am free. By the thirteenth time, hell did lose another one. God's redeemed me. Devil don't know what he lost. She don't know what she gave. He don't about the tw by the twentieth time you're like, my past lost show did. My past lost a good one. I remember one time I walked into a store and uh, I, I I seen I seen somebody in my past. And this was years ago. I seen somebody in my past, and a part of me kind of clenched up and tensed up. And Kelsey's like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "Nothing." And she's like, "Somebody's in here, aren't they?" I said, "Yeah." Uh, and it just—it was a bad experience. And she—and she—she uh, put y'all know Kelsey. She put her arm around mine. She said, "Come on, they don't know what they lost, but I know I found what they lost." When the devil tries to make you throw the case of the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, remind yourself, oh, no, no, no. I am redeemed. Who the Lord has freed is freed indeed. My past lost another one. He or she lost another one. That, that situation lost another one. But God found what needed to be found. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible describes it as, guess what? He, 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 not only has he found us, but he rejoices. He's like the woman that lost her pearl and searched the whole house. And once she found it. Everything was restored. Guess what? He, he, you bring him pleasure. Mm, I know we're trying to end. I know we're trying to end, but I'm speaking to somebody this morning. You bring him pleasure. Doesn't matter what, how much money you got in your bank account. Doesn't matter how much gas you got in the car. Doesn't matter if you work a six-figure job. Doesn't matter if you got a three-story house or you live in an apartment. You bring him pleasure. You do, you do. That's why the devil fights you so much. If you did not bring God pleasure, the devil will not fight you as much as he does. He will not try to get you to question. He will not try to tempt you. He will not try to do all these different things that he's trying to do. One of my favorite basketball players, Steph Curry. Every team that guards Steph Curry, they, he's the only player that they guard on the other side of the court. Because he's got the potential to pull up from the other side of the court. You got the potential to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you could ask or think because, or imagine because the power of God that works in you. So watch this. The devil's going to pick you up full court. He's not going to wait for you to get set and ready. He's not going to wait for you after you pray in the morning and say good morning to Papa. He's going he's gonna to try to attack you in your dreams. He's not waiting for you to get ready. No, he's picking you up full court. He's picking you up full court, but expect it. Do not be surprised by it. Do not be surprised by the attacks of the enemy, but guess what? Surrender to what God has planted in you. When you don't know what to do, surrender to him. Lord, I don't know what to do in this moment, God. I don't know how to do it. So right now, Lord, I'm surrendering to you. I'm surrendering this moment to you. Amen. Woo, 
Amen. Thank you for listening to the True North Church podcast. If you're not already following us on social, check out our website at truenorth731.com to find direct links to our pages. Also, if you would like to contribute to the work we are trying to do, you can click the safe and secure giving link and follow the prompts. Thank you for helping us build and strengthen our community. Until next time, have a great day.